All right. I, I hope you guys have been enjoying this. Uh, this was just a short three-week series, but I, I've really been enjoying it. Um, today we're going to be talking about the final purpose. Uh, why am I here? The purpose of our church. Why does our church exist? If you're in youth, uh, I want to dismiss you during that announcement time. That's when that happened. Never yet, right? <laughs> or you could stay because that's cool too. You know, I don't really care. Um, but uh, so today we're going to talk about, uh, just for a little bit before we get into a little bit on Mother's Day, we're going to talk about uh, some stuff that our church is doing, why our church kind of exists. Um, I am going to make an announcement, a, a couple of things that are going on, and so there's going to be a whole bunch of stuff going on today. God is doing something powerful at Jericho Road, and you guys, I have the privilege of having a front row seat. I get to see so much more stuff than you guys don't get to, and I want to tell you, there's some really exciting, amazing things going on, even behind the scenes and prep and this kind of stuff, and it is super exciting. I'm so glad that I I get to be a part of it. Um, I'm so glad that our church has been led by some extraordinary men and women. Um, Our leadership board, uh, they just switched over. uh, The old ones are retiring, and I'm going to ask them to come forward. So if uh, if they're here today, if Kian, Lonnie, Andrew, and Al are here, these are our retiring leadership board members. Are any of those leadership board members? Wow, they really retired, huh? They were like, (laughs) peace. So if we could give them a hand, if you guys could come on forward and uh, just join me right here. Um. We are so thankful for their two years of service because that's how long the leadership board commitment is. But of course theirs was longer. They got extended and so they have been more than two years serving on the leadership board. I mean, she is excited about this. I, I know. She's so sad to see you go, as are we. And we just want to thank you. And uh, I'm going to pray over you really fast. And then we're going to invite uh, something to happen right after this. Father, I just want to thank you for these leadership board members. Their faithfulness during a time of transition and that like a lot of exciting and crazy stuff happen. We just want to pray that you'd bless them as they have faithfully stepped out to serve you before. God, we just pray that right now, uh, as they step down from leadership board, that they would step up into the service that you call them to in other ways. I thank you for their faithful example that I get to learn from them and under them. And I just am encouraged by them. And I lift them up in your name. Amen. If you guys could stay here for just one minute. Um, a uh, couple of weeks ago, it would have been last week, my timing is off because we weren't here so last week, but last, last week, I, I wanted to announce that uh, we have approved uh, three new leadership board members, and those three new members are Charles Joe, Peter Chang, and Drew Kim. If you guys could come up here, and our leadership board, you guys are going to pray over them and lay hands on them. So those three new victims, I mean uh, volunteers, are going to come on up here, you guys. Um, so uh, our church uh, voted to approve these three men to join the leadership board. Uh, if you guys could come right to the center here. And then our previous le- leadership board is going to come around and lay hands on you, and we're going to bless you as you begin this uh, fine two-year adventure in leading the, leading the church. If you guys can remember to continue to le- uh, lift up our leadership board, they make all sorts of decisions and uh, take on all sorts of responsibility. And so if you'll just, uh, if you'll join me right now as we install these new ones. If you're sitting there uh, and you're comfortable, if you just raise out a hand to pray over them. Uh, we and if you're not comfortable with it, that's okay. Uh, two hands is great too. And if you want to run up, you could run up and grab them too. But, but we'll just, uh, we're just going to pray over them. Father, as we bring on um, three new amazing um, men this time to help join our leadership board and to lead our church, we just pray for your hand upon them. We pray, God, that you... Uh, would speak to them and your spirit would move in their life and that they would be men of integrity that no matter if anyone is watching or not or sees or not, God, that they would live a standard that honors you. I pray that as we were learning a couple of weeks ago that they would glorify you in all of the moments of their life. Every tiny little one, there are no throwaway moments. I pray for your great wisdom as they lead our church into this next really powerful place that I think you want us to go. 
I pray for their wisdom, their patience, and their love. I pray for their heart of prayer all over our church. Thank you for these men. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you, previous and current. You can take a seat. So uh, what an exciting thing. I'll tell you guys, God is doing some powerful stuff at Jericho Road. Two weeks ago, we were talking about our individual purpose in life is to glorify God. And uh, we, we do that by glorifying, connecting, sharing, and serving, if you'll remember with me. And I'd like to expand on the last point today, serving, because that's where uh, your individual life connects with our church body life. So that area of service is where, where we as individuals intersect our communal church life. And so I want to spend a little bit of time on that. This topic is so important. I also wrote a book about it. Oh, I didn't write that book either. Pastor Rick Warren wrote that one also. Uh, apparently, he's written several things about this purpose and stuff. So, um, uh, but I think it is important. And we have to ask the question, what's the purpose of our church? What's the purpose of you in our church? Because you're currently sitting here in our church. And I do have to circle back, and I want to remind us before we go any further, that always, always the purpose of all things lies in the glory of God. So the purpose of our church, whatever it is, the top shelf purpose of our church is to bring glory to God. And everything else is like subsequential to that. Okay, so as we do that, so glorifying God, everything else falls under the umbrella of that. The church is the same way. The primary purpose of our church is to glorify God. The church is God's plan A and plan B for reaching the lost. The church is what God is doing on this planet. It is his vehicle. It is the thing that God created and set up. There, there is no such thing in God's plan as some person outside of the church doing God work. There isn't. It is crystal clear in the New Testament that the church is God's vehicle. He, it is his plan for this planet. It is what God is doing, is this church. We're going to check out this cool passage in Ephesians. I've been stuck in Ephesians for a while. You guys, all my... my I'll tell you, all my quiet time, all my time with God has been uh, just through the book of Ephesians. For the last couple of months, I'm like obsessing on Ephesians. And so, like, luckily, it just happens to be talking about what we're talking about. And we're going to look at a passage about the church that Paul is writing. He's actually writing to the church of Ephesus, uh, called Ephesians. So Paul's writing to the church, and he's writing to the church about the church. And so let's let's see what Paul says here in Ephesians chapter 3. He says, I, this is Paul speaking, He said, I became a servant of this gospel. Now, I skipped the first six verses. The first six verses, he's talked about, like, God revealed a mystery about how he was going to save the world because the Old Testament didn't quite understand that the Messiah was going to die and and be raised again. And so he said, I revealed a mystery that the world would be saved through Jesus. So that's what he's talking about. That's what the gospel means that someone heralding good news. It's not just a Christian phrase, even though it is now. It hasn't always been. It would just be anything that would be really good news. And so, but, but Paul's talking specifically about the good news that Jesus uh, offers us salvation. The good news that Jesus is the bridgeway or the pathway into heaven. And so, uh, so he says, I, Paul, became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given to me through the working of his power. Although I am less than least of all the Lord's people, uh, this grace was given to me. And he, here's what he was given. Uh, he was given... Um, the charge to preach to the Gentiles about the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery. Now, a mystery is something that was uh, currently hidden, 
now revealed. It's like when Scooby said, and he knows what the mystery is, right? They figure out it was all along Mr. Watkins, the groundskeeper, right? It's always him. They should just say that at the beginning because it's probably him, right? So a mystery is something uh, hidden now revealed. The mystery was like, how are we going to get to heaven? (laughs) And then then God says, ta-da, it's through Jesus. And they're like, oh, because in the Old Testament, we couldn't get that if we were just reading it. And so that's that mystery. So uh, he says, God has given me the the ability and the commission to preach his word and to make known that mystery, for which ages past has been kept hidden in God, who created all things. Now here we go. His, this is God's, his, God's intent, was that now, through the church, the manifold, we don't ever use that word, Battleful means like multifaceted or like all sorts of different kinds. So God's intent was now through the church, all of his different kinds of wisdom, all of his different kind of knowledge, all of the different kinds of God should be made known. And it's not known to the rulers and the authorities in heaven, but it's made known because the people are doing it. You see, when the, the devil tried to accuse Job, he said like, oh God, I'm watching these people. And God says, watch Job glorify me. And so it was revealed to Satan that Job was faithful. And so this is the same sort of thing. God's intent is that now, through the church, his wisdom will be made known according to the eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus. Now, it continues on. We skipped a few verses, but in 20 it says, uh, it's finishing this idea up. He says, now to him, God, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that's at work within us, we're still talking about the church, to him, glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and evermore. And so we're talking about a letter to the church about the church. And God's intent, as we see, was that uh, the church would demonstrate or make known, show or tell everything that God wanted to say to people, namely that mystery, was that people can go to heaven that God loves them, that they're not too far away. Even though they can't reach up to heaven, he can reach down and come get them. That's that mystery that's revealed. And so he's saying, like, that's the the whole point of the church is to demonstrate that. And then he closes it by saying this phrase. If you could pop that back up. uh, He closes it by saying, God wants to do immeasurably more than you know how to even ask or imagine. Now, this is one of the craziest scriptures to me because I have got a vivid, wild imagination. When I think about you, church, and I think about what our church could become, and I think about what work God could do in you, and how, like, I have half of you going to missions in foreign countries for the rest of your life, selling your business and doing that. That's my imagination, all right? The other half of us are, like, uh, serving in our communities and sending you, right? So, so I have a wild imagination, and I, I see the scripture saying, Sam, more than you can even imagine for the church, I have planned for the church. And I'm like, really, God? Because I got like some, I got some stuff in my brain. I got some, I got some stuff. I, I want to see you make vibrant marriages, God. Where not, not just good and not just getting by. I want to see marriages that honor you. The, like people that they would never have thought would be like examples in marriage. I want to see that happen in our church. And it would happen to all of our church people. So much so that they'd be like, oh, what psychology is going on over there? They got some good marriage counseling? No, we got Jesus and he's healing our marriages and he's healing us. I got some crazy imaginations and plans. 
But God says he has more than I can imagine and more than you can imagine planned for us as individuals, but as us as a collective. And I would say like, wow, that's like double wow. Wow, wow, right? That's pretty crazy. The whole purpose for bringing God glory through the church in all generations. You see that? All that's the purpose. To him be the glory in the church, not only now, but for our kids and for our grandkids, for all generations. Now, it's really cool because we get to be a part of this church that he's talking about that, that's like immeasurable, more, and exciting, and revealing of mysteries, and part of God's plow, power and his, the working of his power. And, and we get to be a part of that church. See, God's doing something really powerful here at Jericho Road. And I don't know if you guys can always notice it. Now, as your pastor, I get a cool opportunity. I get to brag about you. We haven't had a senior pastor for a little bit to brag over you guys. But it's like a parent. Like, you get to brag about your own kids, you know. I get to brag about my own church. Now, I don't get to brag about how cool the sermon is. Because that would be arrogant, right? And that would be like, I would never say how awesome that is. (laughs) Uh, And it's probably not true. But... um, but I can brag about true things about our church. And so I just wanted to highlight some that maybe you didn't know about. Um, just to brag about and, and to show you that God really is doing something at Jericho Road. In the last month, now, now I did tell you these two weeks ago, so it doesn't have last week's because we weren't here. So the last month before I was telling tally that, that, that was the, the month of April, nothing to do with May. In the last month, did you know that we had the highest average attendance that we've had over an entire 12 months? Did you know that in the last month? Did you know that in the last month, we've had the higher, highest average of giving that we've had over the last year? More generosity now in this crazy transition than we've had. More people coming now than they did in the last year. Two weeks ago, here's my second announcement, you all approved... Missionary support money for Tommy and Kumhi. Amen. I don't always do this, but let's pause and pray for them. If I can. Good Father, I just pray for Tommy and Kumi. They really did sell it all and go to missions. And a missions where they can totally get killed. Like for real. And so I just pray for them. You'd protect them. That you'd bless them. And you'd remind them that this world is so temporary. But your world is eternal. I pray you'd place your hand upon them and be with them, God. Even more than protection, I would pray for power. Even more than protection, I would pray for your gospel to go out through them. We lift them up in your name. So we approved that two weeks ago. But that's in addition to you guys approving uh, Neil Osbach, his ministry, uh, and his family to the Native Reserves in Canada. That was also this year. So when I was looking at it from this year to last year, last year our missions giving was less than 1%. This year we're already at about 6% 
of our church giving is committed to missions. Now that is a six-time increase in missions. And in case you don't understand how much six times more of something is, take your salary, multiply it by six, and how happy are you today? You're like, oh, ballin', we get in a car, girl. We're going to Sizzler. They still go to Sizzler? I still think Sizzler's good. When I was in high school, you could take a girl to Sizzler at prom. Now you could take a girl that says they're at prom and your grandma would be there. You know, like, hey, grandma, just wanted to see her before we went, sweetie. Six percent, you guys, that's an amazing blessing. What an incredible commitment to further God's kingdom all throughout the world. And we're not going to get any benefit from that, and that's super exciting. That doesn't help us build this building. It doesn't pay any salaries. It, it is money. We're saying, go out, share the gospel, and you guys approve that. Not me. It's, not, it's, it's our money that you guys have approved. This kind of stuff is is amazing, and it truly brings glory to God. Not only have you guys as church people been working and generous and giving and attending and inviting friends, we've been having newcomers each week, but uh, the the leadership board has been working hard. The leadership board over the last two years have been preparing things like a vision statement, things like uh, vision distinctives. Who are we as a church? And, and they've spent hours and hours praying and planning and talking, and their wives know and their husbands know. They're like, man, another meeting where you're talking about that thing again? And they just recently, just a few weeks past, they passed a whole bunch of foundational issues, and, and critically foundational issues. Uh, so much so I printed them up. On, oh, I think I have one here. I printed up on these cards. This is everything you're going to see on slides are on these cards. They're going to be passed out. I have some more of these. This is all the stuff that our church leadership board has passed in the last few weeks. They've passed what our mission statement will be. What are we doing as a church? They've decided what we're doing is we're going to love God and love others. That's big and bold. They, they officially announced a church verse. In case you didn't figure it out, it's probably got to be something with Jericho Road, right? So it's the parable of the Good Samaritan found in Luke 10 and 25, which the mission statement comes right out of. Remember that religious lawyer? He was saying, how do you get to heaven? And Jesus says, how do you read it? And he says, love God and love others. And Jesus says, you're right. Let me show you how to love your neighbors. That's, a, that, that's been approved already, so we're going to build from there. They, they've approved a vision statement which says this. I'll just read this part. We envision Jericho Road Church as a growing family where worship permeates our lives and we exercise our faith in embracing each other's brokenness as we unswervingly obey the teaching of His Word and the example of Christ's love. Your leadership board has created that. I didn't bring that, you guys, with me. I didn't have the idea of having the Good Samaritan as a verse when I came here and was hired. Uh, that, that, that is what the leadership board was preparing ahead of time. And then I'm not going to read through them because I'm going to trust you can, but in the white part, this is what's going to be on here. They said, here are seven distinctives of our church. What does that vision look like? Boom, 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 boom. And so go ahead and read through those. What are we doing? What, what does it look like to be a part of Jericho Road? And that's in that white part of this envision statement. They envision a church, and we envision a church, church that everyone's pitching in, and we're loving, and we're honoring God, and we're bringing glory to Him. And so I want to encourage you, this is going to be sort of a, an info card that we're going to have available. Uh, if you want to hand these out to some friends to say, hey, here's what our church is doing, you can do that. It's got our addresses and our websites and our phone number and that kind of stuff. So um, these are going to be available if anyone liked them. Uh, they'll be available for newcomers when they come as part of a new welcome gift that we'll give newcomers starting in June. So all sorts of really cool stuff with that. So the leadership board was doing that. And then here's kind of my part for what we're doing. 
I want to introduce to you basically uh, three major things. As a church, we're going to try to do three things. In Christian circles, there's this idea of, I've introduced it before, called rows and circles. And basically, that's to say, like, on Sundays, we line up in rows and we worship God. And that's really important. And then on other days, we get in circles. We get around the table and we have dinner together and we meet in smaller groups. Okay, and so there's this concept about rows and circles in Christian leadership. Now, I want to have an amazing rose time. Rose is when we meet together corporately, when all of our church gathers. And for Jericho Road, uh, we have set that time to be 11 o'clock on Sundays. I don't think the time or the place or, or even the day totally much matters, but we've set that as our time for our, our rose, our corporate worship. This is the time where we have the highest participation of people uh, all week is on our Sunday worships. So I think that it's really important that we get it right. Now, in rows, there's not a ton of interaction, and that's okay because they're not designed to be that. It's designed for us to corporately come and be able to worship and be led through song and to be led through his word and to be led through communion That's the point of meeting together in in rows. And I think it's really important. It's critical uh, to our souls. It's the highest participation that we're going to see. If you're going to invite a friend to a church function, this is probably going to be it. In America, if you talk to non-Christians in America, now this isn't true in every country, but in America, if you asked even non-believers, because most people in America have heard about churches, they would expect that Sunday would be the the day they would go to church. That's still in the American sort of culture. And so this is the day that someone, if they're going to go to church, this would be the day that they would go to church. So that's why we want to put a huge effort on Sunday because it's our highest participation and it's the time when we would have non-believers come. And so we want to do a really great job. We we want this time to be corporate, to be refreshing, to be building through God's Word. We want to take communion. We want to reach the lost. And we want to be renewed for our week. That's our rose. Our church also wants... You can't only have rose, otherwise you'll just have a disconnect. Our church also wants to do the part called circles. Circles is any time we meet in a smaller group. That's where life happens. That's where the church actually really is the church. It's where we find accountability. It's where we find connections and support. It's where we minister to people and get ministered to. Another name for circles, church call them small groups. Sometimes they call them cell groups. Sometimes they call them home groups. It doesn't matter. It's the, the, the title isn't relevant. It's any time that JRC people get together in a smaller group. So that can be like a, a basketball. Saturdays, uh, every other Saturday from 8 to 10, a smaller portion of our church gets together and plays basketball together. And they pray and then they have a good time. That's a small group. That's a circle of people. And there's a group of men that meet on Wednesdays, and, and they pray together, and then they uh, share prayer requests, and then they have a meal. That's a circle group. You guys have had supper clubs where we've been going to different people's houses and meeting that? That's a circle group or a small group. All these kind of things, whether it's uh, outdoors ministry or an adult Bible study, or if we do like six weeks through uh, uh, apologetic study or 12 weeks through the book of Matthew, all these things would be smaller sort of things. Some churches may call them like a, a Bible study, but Bible study, not 100% of our, we're not going to close the doors and say, you can't go out, we're doing Bible study right now. Everyone's like, ah, no. Right? Some people want that, but not everyone does. And so that's a smaller group of people. Church doctrine, prayer groups, accountability groups, mentorship, all these kind of things. Now I'm planning with the leadership board to lay out a clear strategy for our circles 
uh, and that's going to be laid out uh, in July through September. So just so you know that that's coming, uh, it's not what I'm going to primarily talk about today. But I told you there are three things that we're doing. Rows and circles are really important, and, uh, but I've added another. So I've taken what's common in church leadership, and I've added a third one for our church, and I've called it arrows. So we're going to do rows, circles, and arrows. Arrows uh, is things that are going outside of our church. That's compassion programs, help on the poor. That's uh, uh, putting together food boxes. That's helping local and abroad. That's sending kids down to short-term missions. That's paying the, the Allsbox and the uh, Kang family. Kang, right? Jeez. Tommy and Kumi Kang, right? Uh, the Kang family. That, that, those are arrows, right? They're outside of our church where we're doing stuff outside of the church. And that's really important. Uh, and so that's compassion programs, missions, local, global. Anytime that we're helping people outside here. Uh, I know some of our friends were uh, doing gleanings. They were just going and picking fruit for, uh, uh, and food and then harvesting that, and then that, that food will be sent to people who are less fortunate. All those kind of stuff, that, that's really important. It doesn't benefit our church. It's outside of our church, but our church has got to be doing those things. And so that's the arrows. So uh, I think, yeah, we have this graphic here. My, my fine PowerPoint skills or whatever. I created that. It may look like a Venn diagram, but I created it not... Professor Van or whoever did that, right? Now, uh, I do want to spend a little bit of time on the rose part today. Because that's, oh, uh, and the arrows part, it's formally going to roll out in September and October. Okay, so we're, we're going to the, handle the, the rose first. And then a couple months after that, we're doing the circles. And then a couple months of that, I'll, I'll let you know how the structure looks for the arrows and the, all that compassion program. And for those of you that are wanting to do something as a church, like to go out and help, uh, hold off just a couple minutes until we formalize that. Now, Feel free to go absolutely on your own uh, and invite me to go and our family to go or other families. Um, informally, that's totally great. We love it. Formally, we'll have a structure for that in just a little bit if you'll hang tight. But today, I want to talk about the rows of the church since Sunday service is going to be our, our highest percentage. Uh, I'll tell you, every Christian is created to serve. We're, we're, create, we're called to ministry. We're created for ministry. We're saved so that we can minister, and we're gifted for ministry. Every single person who said yes to Jesus is created this way. The Bible makes it crystal clear that every Christian is a minister. Now, not every Christian is a pastor, but every Christian is a minister. And you cannot be like Jesus unless you're serving. It is impossible. If you don't minister to others, you can't be like Jesus. God gave you your abilities not for your benefit alone. Yes, partly, but also for the benefit of other people. You may be familiar, this is an incredibly popular passage that comes uh, from the book of Corinthians. Corinth Corinth is a church uh, that Paul wrote a a letter to. And he gives us an idea, uses this, uh, our bodies as a metaphor for what the church looks like. And this is preaching to the choir here. You guys probably have heard this one. Just as our body, it's got uh, many parts, but but all all its many parts, they, they form together one body. So it's so it is with Christ. For we're all baptized into one spirit so as to form one body. Doesn't matter whether you're Jew or Gentile, male or female, you're all, you're all one together. And we're all given uh, one spirit to drink. Even so, the body's not made up of one part, but of many parts. Now you, we don't do this well in English because our yous can be singular or plural. This is a plural you. Now you all are the body of Christ. And each one of you all are part of it. So this is a really important point. See, if you read this, then you're like, oh, my body is the Christ, but that's not what the passage is ever saying. So when your mom said your body is the temple of the Spirit, don't abuse it, 
the Bible is saying you're, you're, you are all's body. It's, it's a plural church concept. It's not an individual you concept. So it doesn't matter if you eat McDonald's because you're hurting the temple. That was never the point of it. Or tattoos. That doesn't make them sinful. Sorry, Mom if it, or Dad. If, if you think that, that that may be a different issue, but it's not from the you all's passage as the temple. Uh, and so this you all says you all are God's body and you all are part of it. So if you remember two weeks ago, we were talking about glorify, connect, share, and serve. Well, Jericho Road is, is a local body. It's a church. If this is your church, then you should be looking to fulfill your purpose in God right here at this church. This is where you will serve, right here. Now, I know many of you guys have been serving in one or two or ten ministries, and you've been doing it for three or four or five or ten years, right? And, and I recognize... Um, that there may be a little bit of burnout. Some of you may be a little tired. <laughs> ah, I've been doing the same thing over and over and over and over. Well, I've got good news for you. On June 4th, we're going to have a kids promotion day. So on June 4th, the first week of June, all of our fourth graders will be fifth graders. All of our seniors in high school will be college students. That will be our promotion day, the first week of June, from now until eternity. Oh, Amen. I just catholic it right there. So that means it's like... Bible. Right, here's the good news. You see, that, that's not good news for you, right? You're like, I don't care <laughs> what the kids promote. Here's the good news for you. Not only are kids going to promote, but everyone at church is going to promote. Every single person is going to be released from their serving duties on, on June, uh, the first week of June. This year, it's June 4th. I am not joking. 100% of you on June 4th are released from any duty that you have at church. You will all be promoted. Hallelujah, I've been waiting <laughs> Tears streaming down. <laughs> I've been doing the soundboard for 14 years. I get to go. <laughs> right? That's right. If you've been stuck with no hope of ever graduating or getting out of that ministry, here's your time. This is your chance. <laughs> I said, I didn't want to be a kid's teacher. My wife made me. <laughs> Like, I and we as a church do not want you to serve out of force or guilt. Hear me clearly. I do not want you to serve because you were forced to or because you were guilted into it. I do want you to serve out of love and joy. From now on, the first week of June is going to be promotion day for all people. You could change ministries at that day. You could stick with the same one. Maybe you like it. Or you can. I'm going to say it. Take a break. No, you joking. <laughs> Psych, right? No, not really. You can take a break. Now, I think it's a, you, you can't take a break from church. You can't like, oh, okay, I'm not going to go. I'm going to watch football. <laughs> you may not do that. No one is allowed to do that because that is incredibly damaging for your soul. And you were created to minister, so you could take a break for a bit, but that means you're recharging to get back in the game somewhere. You guys, that way there's an end date to this. You know, there's a graduation. There's like, I can succeed at this. I don't feel stuck forever and ever in a place that I just wanted to try, but I don't really love it anymore. Or maybe I've grown differently, and and I have a passion for this kind of thing. And so there's going to be a graduation day. No judgment, no condemnation, no guilt trips. In your mind, you're saying, objection, pastor. Well, some of you are like, hallelujah, but some of you are like, objection, What if no one volunteers, right? 
So you pragmatic people, you're like, oh, this is not going to work. He's got bad ideas. I, I knew we shouldn't have hired him. <laughs> That's why I voted no. <laughs> of course, it was unanimous, so no one voted no, right? Um, but what if no one volunteers? Believe me, you guys, I have been kept up at night by this possibility, right? <laughs> you think you worry about it. My, you, my donkey is on the line, right? But I have already secured Jerry Williams to play the guitar. Jerry Williams has committed to play the guitar even if no one else does anything. So we will rent this building. Jerry Williams will turn this chair around. Your kids will be with you in your lap. I will be next to him, probably right about here, but not too close because I don't like it that close. I will share God's word and he will play some guitar. If we are at a place where we are not healthy and excited to serve the, and we need to have a time of healing, great. We won't invite newcomers during that time because that will be really weird, right? But, but, so we'll say, like, hold off on inviting your friends, but we're going to do that. If that's what it takes, we'll bring all the kids in here. We'll save a ton of money because we won't have to rent those rooms, right? And we'll just kumbaya it right here. If that's what your soul needs is a campfire kumbaya for six months, then let's do it. If no one's in a place where we can serve, then that's so cool. Let, let's just do it. Now, we're not going to stay there, and I will not allow you to stay there. But if that's where we need to start, we need to start. Now, I, I'm going to tell you I cheated a little bit. I secured Jerry's commitment. Uh, the leadership board, they committed for two years. So they, like, they don't even get to get out June 4th. Theirs is June 4th, June 4th. Right? Hey, what happened? I also, I also secured the commitment of a Sunday leader in all of the eight ministries. If you look at your blue card, there are eight areas of ministries that need to get covered if we want to have a vibrant Sunday worship. And I have secured through God's blessing, eight people who will be the lead servant on those. So it's going to be Jerry, me, and then those eight people. So we're already good. Maybe the kids are going to be with us. Depends on if any teachers sign up. That's, that's fine. Bring in the kids. Bring in the crying kids. I don't care. They're not, they may distract you, but I don't mind. I think it's a glorious shout to the Lord. I think they're saying amen. You know, I'm like, oh, right. You like this, huh? Me too. Okay, so we got some committed people already. But you know what? I, I think a lot of you are excited. You're excited, but you don't want to commit to something because you don't want to be stuck in it forever. And I'm going to tell you, the greatest amount of time you could be committed to this thing is 52 weeks. That's one full year. But many of these ministries have multiple people, so you may serve only 25 times. Like literally only 25 times in an entire year. That may be the sum total of your commitment. Uh, I've passed out an explanation. Uh, you can check it out. Um, I would love for every single person who calls JRC their home to be involved on a Sunday worship as, as a servant in some way. And some of these, you'll look at one of those. One of those is someone who comes and does the light like this after the songs and then like this during the songs. And then they sit back down. That's it. They don't come ahead early. It takes maybe, I'd say, 12 to 14 seconds each Sunday. So if you work that out, you're talking about an entire year, maybe nine minutes. <laughs> But someone's got to do it. You know what I'm saying? Now, now I, don't want, I don't want eight, one person to do eight different things, and that's just another task for that person. But if one of you says, like, I, I come to church every week, I don't want to come early, I don't want to prepare anything, and I don't want to be with the kids, could you be with the light switch? Yeah, I got that. And cool. It's needed. We've got to have light variations, otherwise it's kind of boring. It's hard to focus on God when all the lights are up, you know, and it's prayer time. Lights are important. Music's important. So look those over. 
If you commit to it and you don't like it, don't worry. It's only 52 weeks. It's a binding contract in the court of law, so you can never escape. No, we can't ever force you. If you don't like it after four weeks, then you're not going to do it, but that's okay. But I'm going to ask you to prayerfully commit over one of those things. We're going to put the, we're going to be collecting the put me in coach cards. We're going to collect them uh, today. If you're ready to say, like, I've been passionately waiting for this. I, and ooh, look who's leading that. I love her. I'm going with this one, or I love him. Mark that now if you want to, if you're ready to mark that, mark it now, and we'll collect it. You're, you're going to take those to me or to the welcome team right outside. And we're going to collect them this week, and we're going to collect them next week, and we're going to collect them the week after. And so the rest of May, those leaders are going to connect with whomever signs up, and we're going to train, and we're going to be ready to switch everybody at June 4th. If we don't have any sign-ups, I'll let you know by the last week of May that we're not going to have a kids group or something, and we're just going to come down here. Now, Pastor Jimmy's going to, well, we'll just make him take it. We pay him, so we can do whatever we want with Pastor Jimmy, right? So he... So for sure the kids are going to be separated and he's going to take care of them and like go crazy. Like, and he's getting married, so we're going to get his wife too. So it's like all good, right? No, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. We're not going to do that. Okay, uh, she is free to do whatever she wants that we tell her to. <laughs> not at all. She is absolutely free to do whatever she likes or not. Uh, God created every one of us to be part of the church, you guys, literally to fit at church. And if you're not functioning as part of the church, then the church cannot function rightly. We can only function as a body if all the parts are working. If this is your church, this is where you should be working. Okay, look, I I love you all, and I'm overwhelmingly excited about what God is doing here. And I'm beyond blessed to be with you. Before we finish today, I want to spend a few minutes just on mom. So I doubled it. We really had to get this in from last week. I'm sorry. And then you're like, it's long. Well, just pretend I'm Sam Bang. It's okay, right? (laughs) My name's Sam also, right? So I still got 40 more minutes. Don't you even trip, you know? Like, I know he's got some of that in him. Okay, but I want to spend some time just on mom. It's Mother's Day. I think it's okay to take a moment and focus on just one segment of our church. I know that maybe that's not you. I'm, I'm not a mom. I got one. My wife is a mom, and so that's okay if it's not for you. If you have a wife or a mom or you plan to have a wife or a mom, I don't know if you would plan for a mom, uh, or someday to be one, this part of service may be uh, um, useful to you, but it may not necessarily be useful for you. And that's okay. We really are going to spend a time in our service just to focus on one segment of our people. And I think we'll all be blessed by it. But ultimately, moms, this part is for you. And so I have a special Mother's Day video that's going to kick off this concept here. I didn't create this. I bought it. Got a box for you to sign for? Great. Just put it right there. What, uh, what is it you guys do? You don't know? Know what? Of course you don't know. I guess that's the point of all this. I'm sorry, you, you lost me. We monitor and collect every unnoticed service, sacrifice, or deed that moms do for their families. Oh, please. Melissa Richardson from Franklin, Ohio, just cleaned Sam and Charlie's room. Neither will notice. 
What, that just happened? Uh, four minutes ago. Where did she get that information? Well, I'm not really allowed to say, but you know, you're in there. Okay. <laughs> Here comes another one. <sighs> Sarah Pfeiffer from Long Beach, California just made her hundredth lunch in a row without a thank you, Mom. Haley Cobb from Jefferson, Texas, just did her daughter's forgotten chore milking the goat. Gross. And last but not least, Jennifer Wright cleaned the whole house, top to bottom, and her husband didn't notice. Oh, and we have video. You have video? Check it out. Hey, babe. Hey. How was your day? Pretty busy. Oh, yeah? What do you think? What do I think about what? Hang on, I gotta get this. McGuire! <laughs> hey, man. He didn't even notice. So, do you do this for dads as well? Oh, yeah, yeah. Just It's just a smaller division. Dads don't do good things for their kids? Oh, no, 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 no. They do lots of good things. It's just moms do an exorbitant amount of unnoticed things. So, how many people do what you do? Well, this office has three shifts, eight hours a shift, so three of us. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's it. So you probably run into a lot of unnoticed acts. And that's just this office. There are over 5,000 offices worldwide doing exactly what we do. We just keep coming in today. <laughs> Treated and bandaged to skin knee. We see this one a lot. It's unbelievable. I wonder if any of my moms are in there. What's your full name? Akron Lanier Watts. A-K-R-O-N? Yeah. Wow, looks like your mom's got a lot in there. Really? Yeah, typical stuff. Doing lots of laundry, cooking, cleaning. And your mom worked part-time. She did. Well, it looks like. Wow. What? Your mom also prayed for you. She prayed for me. A lot. Oh. Looks like you picked a good mom. Yeah, yeah, I picked it. just want to celebrate together for a minute all the not only the things that are noticed but I think the things that are unnoticed about our moms that are here today to every mother here I want to say thank you I want to say thank you for loving Jesus and loving your kids thank you for the critical role that you play in your child's life I want to acknowledge and cheer and encourage you to continue to love God and to love your families. Love is the greatest gift that God gives to us and the, the greatest gift from you, mothers, to your kids. And you're the best at giving it. I want to share with you a passage about love 
that I've altered slightly just for you today. It comes from Corinthians, and it's a really famous passage about love. And I'm going to get out of the way so that we can see it here. And it says, uh, no matter what I say or what I do or what I believe, I'm bankrupt without love. You may have heard this sermon at a wedding. (laughs) Mom's love never gives up. How many people do you know where everyone else has given up on them but their mom? How many you watch prison specials like I do? That the mom's the only one that keeps visiting them in prison? Mom's love cares more for the kids than for self. Oh man, holy mackerel, that is true. Mom's love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Mom's love doesn't strut. It doesn't have a swelled head. Maybe a headache, but not all big-headed for what she does, right? Moms aren't like, look at me, what I do. It isn't always me first. I think this is, uh, oh, doesn't force herself on others, but she'll always be there when you need her. It isn't always me first. This is just about the best description of moms I know. That isn't always me first. This is not the way with dads. I told my wife this and she was surprised. Um, When we're eating, as a dad, I grab the best part because I want it before those little vultures eat it. (laughs) When we're eating, my wife, she's like, oh, here's that yummy piece. You take it. I'm like, what? I take it. Right? (laughs) Night and day, mom and dad. The coolest spot in the room, that's where I'm sitting. The best view of the movie theater, me. She lets the kids, 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 and she's like on the side. I'm like, baby, you sit by me, girl. So I don't want to sit by the kids. Moms always let the kids get the best part. It's so crazy. Moms don't fly off the handle. Well, this was in the scripture, so okay, this is an ideal. And so occasionally that's not true. <laughs> it's the, the Bible said this, I didn't, but that's what we're striving to. So now sometimes this is, is not true. When the kids or the husband's driving her crazy, sometimes she fails on this one. <laughs> but it's probably the kids or the dad's fault, not the mom's fault, right? It doesn't keep, keep score of the sins of the kids. There's no tally of what they owe her. There's no bill due ever. takes pleasure in the flowering of truth. Moms are the first and the best teacher. She puts up with anything. Vomit, diarrhea, fever, whining, runny nose, back talk the entire teenage years. Trust God's always praying over her kids. She always looks for the best. And this is so true. You know, when you were up in elementary school and there were 500 little kids singing in that elementary, you know who mom's looking at? She's looking at you. She thinks you're the cutest and the best singer. She can't hear you. She thinks you're the best. She's the cutest. That's the face she's looking at. Dads aren't. Again, I told my wife this before. She's like, they're not? No, I'm not looking at my kid. You know what I'm doing? I'm saying, why does that kid have a bigger part than my kid? And my kid can sing better than that kid. Or I'm a realist. I'm like, my kid sucks compared to that kid could sing. Like, I, I'm looking at all the other faces. I look at mine sometimes. Hey, he's all right. He's not even moving his mouth. Okay, I'm going to look at this kid who could sing. That one's good. <laughs> but mom's not. She's, 
They're the best. Moms never look back, but they keep going to the end. Amen to moms. I can't help but to notice those qualities sound a lot like God's qualities. God made moms in his image, and he made them with the unique ability to echo some of his greatest traits. So we appreciate you, moms. We acknowledge all that you do, and we love you very much. And so I've invited our kids here. Oh, man, emotional day. I've invited our kids here. They're going to come on forward. If you got, Jimmy, uh, Pastor Jimmy, if you could start bringing them forward. Uh, our kids right now uh, upstairs, they, they wrote some cards that says, I love my mom because. So just lead them this way. They're going to come up and they're going to share that out loud. And what they're going to do is they're going to get to pick a candy for themselves and for their mom. Okay, they get to do one-to-one. The kids go over with Pastor Jimmy, hang out with him, hold your card for a second. Give that back to her. She's got to read that. Give that back to her. You don't get that. That's too early. I know. I see you trying to cheat here. Give me this. Who's the, whose kid is that? Whose kid is that? Where's, who just gave that away? No, no, no. Here, sweetie. You take it. Uh, that's you. All right. Don't try to... Don't cheat. There. I see. I see stuff. All right. That's coming, Mom. I'm shooting for at least three tiers, okay? Here we go. All right. So we're going to come up. Uh, kids, you guys are going to read your card to your mom. They're going to pick a candy for mom, so you may want to signal them which one you want. And then they're going to get a candy for themselves also, (laughs) which dad will probably take and eat. Now, if you have infants, uh, and uh, if a husband is with an infant, if you can come up to the right, uh, my wife is going to be at this table right there, and we're going to hand stamp your kids so they can give something to your wife. Now, if you are here with an infant and your husband and or uh, male person in your life isn't around or you're just alone with your infant for some reason, if you could raise your hand and uh, one of our leadership board members will come out and take your infant's handprint. Is there anyone like that? Don't be shy. Uh, feel free to do that if your hand's up. Uh, Charles, would you just look for that? Okay, so come on up here. Uh, let's, let's roll them up forward. Here we go. All right, here you go. This is all you. So state your name and then read your card. What's your name? Ethan. All right, read your card. I love my mom because she gives the best hugs and she loves me. Okay, one card for you and one for your mom. They're going to pick one candy for themselves, one for you, and then they're going to come over and they're going to pray for you. So make sure to pray for your mom. She want to? Hi, sweetie. What's your name? Kayla. Okay, I read your card. I love my mom because she is super nice and smart. Okay. One for you, one for the mom. Mom likes Snickers, so Dad can eat them. <laughs> and then make sure to pray for your moms. Uh, your, hey, Kayla, your mom is over there by the table. Go that way. All right. Whoa, what's your name? Arnelie. Okay, read your card. She gives warm hugs, and she loves me, and she loves taking care of me, and she's all, she always there for me when I need her. Awesome. So cute. Grab a candy for you and one for your mom. Come on, just keep sending them up as soon as we're about it. Yeah, there we go. All right, rock on. What's your name? Caitlin. All right, read your card there, Caitlin. I love my mom because she's always there for me. Amen. All right, grab a candy for you and your mom and then pray for your mom. What's up, bud? We got small hair. All right, name? 
Kellen. All right, read your card, Kellen. The hug she gave me make me feel special. <laughs> so good. All right, name? Isaiah. All right, read that card. One for you and one for her, Kellen. I love my mom because she, <laughs> she helps me. Yeah. That's all right. One for you, one for mom. One for you, too. Name? Jacob. Okay, read your card, Jacob. She, I love my mom because she helped me with homework. Awesome. So one, for, one for you and one for mom. See, that's why I got Sour Patch. The ki- almost all the kids grab this, and the mom don't want that. <laughs> Come on up, bud. Name? Hank. All right, Hank. Go ahead and read your card. Mm, I have a card. Okay. I love my mommy because she gives me toys because she loves me. Awesome. Why do you love your mom? Um, because she's giving me candy only. All right. Grab a candy and grab one for your mom. Hi, what's your name? Arabella. Arabella, okay. Read your card. Can you read it? You want me to help? Or you could do that. You wrote this? Wow. I love my mom because I love, I love, I love, I love you, mom, because from Arabella. Awesome. Just because. That is so good. You want to get a candy here? Want to pick a candy? And then one for your mom, too. All right. Oh, you ready? All right. What's your name? Ellie. All right. Let's read on. Um, um, my mommy likes to um, um, tickle me and, and try to scare me. <laughs> oh, yeah? Okay. Well, get her a candy and get one for you and then go pray for her. <laughs> I'll read it for you if you want. You can do it. Your mom really wants it. What's your name? You got to tell me your name. Lauren. Okay. <laughs> I love my mom because she is loving and kind. Oh, so perfect. All right, candy. Mom wants candy. Oh, we're getting bigger. Okay. Hi, my name is Ryan. All right. I love my mom because she gives me warm hugs. She loves me with all her heart and cares for me even if she doesn't feel well. Oh, one for you and one for mom. Hi. I love your dress. What's your name? Alexis. Okay, Alexis. I love my mom because... I love my mom because... Ooh, just because, huh? Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Great job. Get a candy for mom and one for you. Uh, get up, boy. Um, I love my mom because she helps me with everything I do. It doesn't matter what. Whether it's like with school or it's a project or it's an essay, she helps me. You see that? All right, grab one for mom and make sure to pray for you. Pray for her when you go over to her. All right, name and read. Hi, my name is Jeffrey. I love my mother because she ongoingly pursues my greater being through the many troubling times and trials that I bestow upon her. <laughs> she also feeds me ever so hours. <laughs> one for you and then one for mom. And then uh, go pray for her. <clears throat> name. I'm Andrew. I love my mom because she's kind, gentle, warm-hearted, and cooks very great. And when it, when, whenever we go out and eat, um, she always shares her food with me, even though she's hungry. <laughs> That's why my kids are big and my wife is small. 
I'm Matthew, and I love my mom because she takes care of me and she sets me on the right path. What about that part? It's too long. I see. Deals with your pesky attitude is what I see there. She wants that. She needs you to read that. One for you, one for here you go. Okay. Name? My name is Maddie Kim. Uh, I love my mom because even though she puts up with my crap, she still loves me no matter what. Uh, she's the best thing a child could ask for. Oh, wait, wait, wait. And since Micah's not here, I also wanted to say that Auntie Joyce was, is also a very loving mother. And... <laughs> so, um... I love my mom because yeah. she sacrifices what she wants in order for, in order so I can get what I want. Yeah. One for you, one for her, and then pray for her. <laughs> my name is Nico, and I love my mom because she is selfless, caring, and has unconditional love for me. Awesome job, Nico. One for you, one for her. One for her, too, not just you. <laughs> Hi, my name's Ryan, and I love my mom because she makes me food. She makes me food. <laughs> she makes me really good food. <laughs> she makes pasta, eggs, bacon, salami, cereal, chicken, beef, and more. It's, it's on there. One for you, one for her. One for her. One for her, too. <laughs> Ryan. Hi. Uh, I'm Cameron. Hi. I, I love my mom because everything she does, she does for us, like, Making food, right? <laughs> one for you, one for her. Hi. Name? I'm Emma, and I love my mom because she's caring and is always there for me, even when I'm moody. <laughs> moody? That never happens. Awesome. Um, hi, I'm Paige. And I love my mom because she's always the person that I can go to when I need to talk to somebody. Awesome. One for you and one for mom. I'm Faith, and I love my mom because she's selfless and she doesn't hesitate to point out my mistakes. <laughs> Backhanded compliment. <laughs> All right, you finishing All right. it off here? All right. Yep. I'm Marcus, and I love my mom because she cares for me and is always there for me to help and encourage me. All right. One for, her. one for her and one for you. Um, on behalf of all the infants, I want to say, Aah! that means I love you, Mom. That's what they're saying every time. They will give you a gift that looks like Snickers, but it's not. Don't eat it, infant parents. That's poop. <laughs> um, all of our infant moms, though, someone will run you some candy right after service. So if you like it. If you don't, that's okay. Um, next week, uh, we're going to start a brand new series called I Am, following the seven great I Am statements from Jesus that's found in John. And we're going to be spending five weeks doing that. And so uh, uh, it'll be a really great time to invite someone if you're thinking about inviting someone to church. Um, let's go ahead and pray. And uh, we'll excuse you guys to go have an amazing Mother's Day. Let's pray together. Father, I just praise you. I want to I bless you, God. And I want to tell you thank you so much for all that you do. God, you are amazing. 
Our moms are amazing, and thank you for giving them to us. I pray you'd walk with and bless each one of our members today. We pray this in your name. Amen.